It's time to flip the paradigm and I'm talking, we need to switch some verbiage up here. Can we all be on board? We need to start using train and fuel versus exercise and diet because this is where we all are at. And as a collective of women, we are using the wrong words and we are promoting the wrong thing. We need to be fueling our body so that it can perform for us, whether we are just avid walk runners, or if we compete in running, we need to have this new verbiage and new mindset and share it so that we are a healthier, healthier population of women who are performing and loving their bodies. Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning, where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self. Knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. Okay, you guys, we are back and we are ready to do some more learning. Today, we are talking all about the female athlete triad. And if you've never heard it, don't freak out. You don't have to be an athlete just to be experiencing this. And actually, there's some crazy stories that I've experienced and encountered that I think will be very interesting for you. So yes, can we support the mind shift of fueling first and thinking about fueling our body versus dieting and exercising more so fueling and performance. So as the weather heats up and here in the Pacific Northwest, we have had some insane record-breaking hot weather, um, which is not good. It's flying off the charts and it's been like the desert. We've actually been compared to the Dubai humidity levels and heat um, to Vegas <laughs> with our heat, which we were not equipped for. Were we? Anyone that's listening that is here knows how that felt. (laughs) People that lived anything other than a basement were struggling hard. So as this weather heats up and the daylight is a lot longer, we actually have till like nine or 10 o'clock where you can still see we're not tripping over things and we're outside and we're moving more. It's really important for us to start thinking about our activities and how our body is challenged to work harder and how properly to fuel it. Now, we have direct control over two of the three parts of the female athlete triad, and I'll explain what that is in a second. But the first part is how much we exert. So how much we move, how much activity and exercise or hard work, if you have a laborious job, how much we put out, energy output. And the second factor is the amount that we consume to fuel our body to give it what it needs for that output so energy input is that second amount that we can alter that we have full control over now we can kickstart a combo of dangerous trends in our body when we output too much and input not enough And now I see this too much in clients who meal replace, they have good intentions, but they meal replace and they still challenge their bodies so much to their limit. And to see many people counting macros, oh, and if you don't know what a macro is, macros are carbs, fats, proteins, kind of those three we monitor very closely in grams and how much you need for your body weight and and not looking so much at the quality. So that would be more so the micronutrients or the type of foods that you are consuming, not so much just counting, okay, we're getting 10 grams of this per meal. 
um, we're looking more holistically. Now the female athlete triad, I explained two of them, but it's the presence of three different things. It's low energy availability, which is not enough fuel. So when there's not enough fuel in your system, impaired bone mineral density, oh my, and menstrual dysfunction. So loss of period. And when those three things are present, gosh, we've got some stuff going on that we as women do not need to be dealing with. And directly, like I stated above, as we change two major factors, the energy output, how much we move, and energy input and what we fuel and consume can make this triad come into effect quite easily and sometimes surprise us when it's really catching us off guard and when our energy is slammed and when we've got some dysfunction going on in our body. We are disrupting that harmonious state that we should have in our body. Am I right? So the female athlete triad can rear its ugly head with these certain symptoms that many coaches can actually catch or you can catch yourself if you're hearing this episode. Mostly it's fatigue, huge amount of fatigue and muscle weakness too. Joint pain is a very common one and poor recovery from exercise. So if you normally take one or two days to cover, recover from some hard exercise, it's taking you a lot longer. Research studies have done a lot um, around this topic, and it's actually noted that low energy availability, so not enough fuel for the demand, is believed to be the key underlying etiology for the triad itself. So to prevent it, we gotta focus on food as fuel and make sure we're educating each other on this and not slamming and knowing what we should be doing with our bodies and with our fuel and with our intake versus going on some strange diets and thinking about meal replacements when really we should be thinking about what are our cells calling for? What do we need to be giving it? And as females with our hormones, what are we requiring at different times of the month for us? And if you're not having your period anymore, what does this look like for pre and postmenopausal? Because that is a whole different ballgame. Now, if you've ever heard of Dr. Stacey Sims, she is, oh my gosh, such an advocate for this. And I'm currently diving into her book, Roar, which is completely portraying how women are not small men and how so many studies in the past have all been done on male mice, all been done on the male performance athlete. And so much has not been looked at in the female realm of things. But we know the female athlete tried to be true, but there is a whole host of stuff that I can teach you and I can implement so that you are not feeling like you are behind or not utilizing your performance and your energy input in a in a wrong balance. Now, I used to see the female athlete triad at an elite athlete level (laughs) when I actually had the opportunity to observe our national women's rugby team for a few days. And I saw the extent that they were observed. Guys, it was intense. I mean, these guys are are performing for our nation. So it was important to be observing all these different things. But I'm talking from the professional level of the strength coaches, the games coaches, the nutritionists, and the mental health team that were all a part of their holistic um, performance team. They were doing urine checks prior to practice for hydration levels. And guess what? If they were too low, they had to drink so much water that was required for them before even joining into the warm-up for practice. They also did a daily questionnaire before they even got to the gym, before they even left their house. And I'm talking, we had practice at like 8 a.m. in the morning. So this was early for them, but it was the same questionnaire and it was getting to know, okay, how are they feeling with upcoming games? Where is the anxiety at? What are they feeling with regards to not being picked for first lineup? So all sorts of interesting psychological stuff was observed. And the craziest one that hits home was hearing them and the coaches celebrate when they had their period. Wow. But it's crazy because that celebration of physiological normalcy 
meant that actually oftentimes the girls had a balance that was off kilter, but finally they were getting the balance right with fueling, with the amount of stress they were putting on their body, amount of stress they were putting on their mind through training, and that they could actually push as hard as they possibly could to make the physiological changes needed for their sport and their optimal performance. But to do this all without slipping into amenorrhea, which is not having your period, and thus into the female athlete triad or the risk of that over a long period of time. And this, guys, is a great reminder. (laughs) Elite athletes are not always optimal health. In fact, we were taught that getting the best results from our athletes in the sport meant that they were actually on a fine line, like literally just a hair off highest performance for that individual and right a hair off of slipping into the breaking point of injury, like the worst injury that would put them out. And literally their body is pushing the hardest it possibly can before that breaking point and that threshold. Usually this is before competition when their program has been periodized to its peak performance. And this is when you see even athletes sprinting on the track in the Olympics, which is coming up soon. And I'm so excited to watch that. But... That's when you see people pull the craziest hamstring tears and the most intense injuries where you're you're thinking, oh my gosh, would that happen to me if I went out and did that? No, likely not. So we need to focus on fueling first. And we are not high performance athletes necessarily all listening here, um, but we are starting to challenge our bodies more or we're starting to educate ourselves on how we can be our best possible functioning performing whatever performance means for you selves so adequate energy intake is the primary form of prevention from female athlete triad and slipping into the athlete triad so now let's focus on education of food as fuel (laughs) now nutrient density has anyone heard of that it is as it sounds it's eating more of the good stuff so literally foods that are dense with nutrition and have lots of different components that they're bringing to the table not a rice cracker per se, and thinking of counting the calories that's going towards that full daily goal. This is the opposite. I want you to think of how many vegetables can you fit onto your plate that are going to be filling you up with the good stuff. Another great form of prevention is eating around training sessions to keep your glycogen levels topped up. If you're doing multiple workouts a day or at least once a day and you're an active human, you need to make sure that we've got our readily available glycogen in our muscle cells to be readily available for us. And muscle glycogen is the main energy substrate during exercise intensities above 70%. So if you're doing workouts, strength training, and if you're going on your faster, shorter runs, that usually is what's depleted first. And after exercise, glycogen synthesis is like restoring basically all your muscle cells to replenish that. Another great form of prevention of slipping into not fueling yourself enough is to make time to eat in your day, (laughs) right? And a lot of us don't book a lunch break or we're doing something whilst we're eating lunch. And hands up, I'm guilty. I definitely multitask, whether it's like listening to a podcast or watching a little something that I see on YouTube. But, you know, having, having that certain thing is okay, just so long as you know you're not stressing your body out and you know that your, your shoulders aren't up by your ears as you're watching a really intense thriller or listening to a really motivating podcast <laughs> that's got you kind of, that's got your heart rate going. We need to be calm so that the blood can be in our stomach whilst we're digesting. As soon as we start walking and eating or doing something different, Guess what? The the blood is not where it needs to be to start digestion and to have a smooth, nice transition into some digestive tract with your food. So um, eating without distractions is huge. And I'm going to flip this one on you. No meal replacements. If you're performing or if you're asking your body to do quite a lot more than the general Joe, let's start to think about adding. 
adding stuff into our meals. And oftentimes I do this with all of my clients. I say, they say, what diet can I be on? Or what can I be removing from my diet? No, no, no. Let's do it the reverse. Let's start adding in so much of the good stuff that the bad stuff just starts falling away. We don't need that anymore. And it's not doing us any service. You actually stop reaching for that stuff when you add so much of the good stuff and availability of that good stuff in your fridge just there. It just, it just happens. So let's stop with the whole meal replacements and let's just add some of the good quality nutrient dense foods in. Now, only if you discover you can't get enough fuel for your, through your meals and snacks of whole foods, or your schedule is just so that you actually don't have the ability to make full meals or good quality food, then yes, we can move to the efficiency of supplementing your three meals a day with protein powders in between or bars or snacks that are a little bit more man-made, that you buy them <laughs> in a bar form or in a powder form um, so that your energy output and your movement level, if that's much higher, you're still fueling yourself enough. So let's start to look at food as fuel to support your new exercise habits. So regardless of playing competitive sports, running competitively, um, doing crazy amounts of training, listen, anyone looking from the outside in at your life will probably tell you you're active if you're listening to this podcast or if you're wanting to be more active. Or if you're a beginner runner and just putting in miles and starting to get some momentum going, that's a big change for your body. And you're increasing your metabolic levels right from the get-go. So it all counts. You must have to fuel your body that is performing for you. So ladies, I hope you took away something important from this episode. I really, really am hoping that we can all start to see food as fuel versus restricting food. So I'm hoping that we all together can change this mindset for women specifically to train and fuel versus exercise and diet. Help me spread it to the world. Use it, put it on a post, put it on a story. Train and fuel versus exercise and diet. More women need to hear this message and more of us need to be supporting and showing that we are thinking about nutrient density and not so much food restriction. We need to provide our bodies with that vitality so that they can perform the optimal amount that we want them to. So have a great rest of your week, ladies, and share any sort of insight that you've had from this podcast episode. I look forward to our next one.